You are currently listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith, an encouraging, light-hearted and uplifting podcast to inspire you on this journey called life. Hi Sapphire, how are you? Hey Rachel, I'm good, thank you. How are you today? Yeah, I'm doing really well, thank you. How's your day going so far? Not too bad. It's uh, about lunchtime here now, so getting into my day nicely. Oh, I'm still very early in the morning, so I might sound a little raspy. <laughs> That's fine. It's the weekend here. I may as well. <laughs> yeah, we've got a long weekend as well. So oh, nice. fingers crossed we're going to have good weather because so far, not, not so great. great. Yeah. So just quickly for those people listening, can you just introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, what you do, and also whereabouts in the world you are. Of course. So hi, everyone. My name's Sapphire. I'm based in Dubai in the United Arab Emirates, which is in the Middle East. Uh, it's a fabulous place. Love being here. I've actually been here for 10 years now. Um, and I am a social media manager of sorts. I help friends um, set up their social medias, uh, build their platforms for them, help them with content um, and help people with blogs as well. So I'm kind of a ghostwriter of sorts. Oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to be a ghostwriter. Um, it's something that I'm trying to get into, but mm. it's one of those things, getting yourself in the networking zone, isn't it? It is. And it is difficult. I started off really with copywriting. Um, you know, people would say, I need to write an email. I need to write a piece for my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I help with that, I'm very verbal, which you're all going to find out fairly soon. <laughs> so, yeah, it started like that. And a couple of people have said, you know, you're really great. Can you help me? You know, if I kind of put everything down on paper will you help sort it out yes I will it's great fun I enjoy using words to create a narrative I completely agree with that you obviously probably seen from kind of my blog and my ebook and my podcast like I really enjoy using words to like you said create a narrative but also to get messages across there I'm very much a, a person who um resonates well with words as opposed to kind of videos and things like that yeah so if anything, asks me what's wrong I'd send you I'm that person that sends you like five text messages <laughs> I am that person also don't ask me to so much tell you what's wrong I'm much better at written word than I am spoken I make a lot more sense when I have time to write things down whether it be a quick note or you know a five page essay thing I make a lot more sense when I'm doing it that way rather than the rambling that again you're going to become a customer you. I totally resonate with that um yeah letters yeah. all the way Let's go back to like those Dear John days. Is oh, it Dear John? What was that film? Dear John. Like- that was where you get dumped, isn't it? With the Dear oh, John. Okay, maybe not that one. <laughs> <laughs> but pen pals. I used to have yeah. pen pals across the world as a kid. There was a program that you could join and yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, I had one in France. Um, it didn't last very long because my French no. wasn't very good. But, you know, <laughs> that kind of defeats the point. But the it- concept was perfect it's a wonderful concept we should start that again somehow I think yeah that's what we're gonna have to do yeah. I project. see this is what I'm like I'm like oh thought oh let's do it <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that <laughs> it makes for a very tired person some days <laughs> yeah I you can probably we're on zoom right now so you can probably see the tiredness in my eyes but that's because I'm that's just why like... I've got glasses on so you can see how tired <laughs> I am or the I fact get an idea and I'm like yes let's like... do it and then I get halfway through and I think First of all, I don't have the time for this. Second yep. of all, How do you why am I doing that? this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. I mean, you've got to just keep yourself productive, haven't you? Or else life will get quite boring. And I think a lot of people found that over COVID, they stepped out of their little um, shells to do something else. They weren't allowed out. They weren't allowed to go and see their friends, the family. They had to do something 
to keep themselves going mm. uh, and I think it's actually led to a lot of very inspirational women especially coming up into the fore into social media having a voice um, and putting their their views across and helping other women become happier people in general I found so many over COVID and actually started my um, body positivity page during COVID um, mm -hmm. my, my job I literally had nothing to do um, and so I was like right what can I do what am I passionate about what do I want to advocate for and of course that is making the world a more inclusive place generally uh, but especially for you know chunky chicks <laughs> chunky chicks <laughs> like, <laughs> Hello. I think my story is kind of similar to you so I started my blog in the very first start, part of lockdown and then my podcast I started kind of halfway through mm. what was in England the second lockdown yeah. um just kind of like you starting that conversation making the world more inclusive and just allowing people to know that they're not alone and there are people like yourself and you yeah. know the people that have come on this podcast that will have these kinds of conversations you just have to maybe put I don't like saying you have to put effort in because I know that that's not always physically possible for people. Um, to to get what you want to be out there, you have to use your voice, and that's not always easy to do, especially if you're mm. tackling a subject like we are on positivity, on body positivity, and on inclusion generally. It's hard, and you have to dig deep someday. So it is an effort. It's not something oh. you can kind of throw pictures at and hope for the best. Yeah. yeah and it's so true like you were just saying we're obviously talking a lot about body positivity but some days you don't feel body positive and no the, the pressure of having to put things on Instagram when you're not feeling so good is is a hard balance right yeah. and I've had that very quiet period of, of late I haven't been posting as much because I, I haven't that. um and it, it's not so much just that my body image has kind of taken a tumble which it did um for various reasons but I have struggles with my mental health um and I find when one part of my life is out of balance everything goes so I then have to mm -hmm. start building from base again almost um and I think that's just as important to share with people as it is to say hey look I'm bigger yes but I'm still fabulous mm -hmm. not that easy for everyone at all it's not going to be like this every day I had a function to go to last weekend um, and I cried for a good hour before I had to go because I'm too old, oh. too fat, I'm too frumpy, I'm not cool enough, I'm not fun enough. I had a wonderful time when I got there because mm -hmm. it's fine. I'm I am a good person, I'm a fun person, I'm a nice person, but sometimes your internal narrative tells you all these horrific things and you believe them, you buy into them. And that's when the work really has to start again. And that's what I've been doing this week. Um, and I have been more productive online. I have done more on my pages than I would normally. I have started writing again in the background. Nothing to be released as yet. Mm -hmm. But just to get my thoughts out of my head so I can start to process them. And I think that's just, I think it's something that is also really important to share. Yeah, I completely agree. And just in terms of writing things down and getting the thoughts out of your head, that's something that I practice um, I yeah. use just the notes on my phone if there's something going on in my head because nine times <laughs> out of ten it's like you said once it's in your head and you kind of manifest it and it exactly. comes out and once it's out of your head it's kind of out of sight out of mind almost exactly and I'm very lucky that I have an incredible family behind me my mother spent an hour on the phone to me trying to sort through my you're not fat darling you're beautiful I'm like you have to say that you're <laughs> you know which she technically does but she technically she tells does, yeah. me we look terrible so I tend to believe her um you know and 
I've got incredible girlfriends here in, um, across the world, but especially here in Dubai. So when I am having a day like that, instead of keeping it out, and this is something that I'm very new to doing, instead of keeping it internalized because I don't want to burden anyone else, I will just say, look, I'm having a bad day. I don't know how to do this. I don't mm-hmm. know where, I don't know this. I don't need you to fix me. I need there to be someone there to hear what I'm saying. And that makes a huge, huge difference. And that has made a massive difference to me. I completely agree. There's definitely a big difference between somebody hearing what you're saying and somebody just kind of listening and yes, they're paying attention, but they're not paying attention at the same time. Well, they tell you, oh, it's okay. We'll start this week. We'll go to the gym three days a week. We'll clean up your diet. We'll do this, this. That's not what my issue is. I don't, (laughs) yes, I would probably need to lose some weight to be in the good BMI because I'm not. And I don't believe in BMIs, but that's a whole different rant for another day. <laughs> we'll save that for later. Oh, that is quite the rant. Um, <laughs> but yes, I do need to work on my diet because when I um, when my my mental health isn't good, I binge. I have binge eating disorder, um, amongst other things. And this is something that I struggle to address. So yes, I do need the help to clean my diet up. I do need the encouragement. But at the point at which I'm having my breakdown, the last thing I need is one of my girlfriends turning around going, yes, you are fat and revolting. We'll fix you. Because that's essentially what you hear from that encouragement in quotation marks. It's not, it's not helpful. Just listening to someone and saying, I got you, we'll have fun. You know, if you need five minutes, we'll go outside and we'll look at the view and we'll take a breather. Mm -hmm. That's the support you need. And that's actually what I've got with my core group of girlfriends here. Um, And it's taken me years to find them and to build this relationship. And I'm just so blessed to have them in my world now. And yeah, I totally agree. Friends are kind of, we obviously spend so much time with our friends and mm. like you said, just having those people around you who are so supportive and who yeah. do connect with you in the way that you connect. Yeah. And just going back to kind of your body positivity side, mm-hmm. the friends that you are friends with, are they kind of similar sizes to you? Are they all different sizes? Like, cause I know some people will only not be friends with people the same size, but they find it yeah. a lot for their confidence. Yeah, I think um, there is always comfort in being with people who are like you visually. Um, Mm -hmm. But I've never really subscribed to that because I think the world's too colourful of a place to limit yourself. Mm -hmm. Uh, So actually, you know, my closest girlfriend here is five foot two, maybe, and a size four to six on a good day. I think she might like me saying that. I think she's actually a six to eight. But anyway... (laughs) And she's a gym bunny and she's, a, you know, she eats incredibly clean. She is, you know, basically the opposite of my lifestyle and diet. But she's one of the most incredible women I've ever met. Um, another girlfriend of mine, again, you know, she's very slim. I actually don't know that many people of size out here at all because it's not the place conducive to that. Mm-hmm. There is a small community here um, who are. And they're lovely, but it's they're not in my social circles as yet. Um, it doesn't mean they're not ever going to be. I just haven't met them. Um, mm-hmm. But we were at um, uh, brunch last weekend and we went to the pool afterwards. Fabulous idea. Go and get drunk in the day and then throw yourself in the water. <laughs> off. I don't drink, so that's not my kind of idea. But, you know, do you? <laughs> it was champagne all day, followed by swimming um, and tequila, shockingly, which I don't actually like tequila. So it shows how much champagne I drink. Anyway. <laughs> I would be on the floor by about 10 a.m. if that was me. Yeah, I probably should have been. But so <laughs> we, went and we were at the pool afterwards and I refused to kind of cover up. As you probably have seen on my photographs, I, I like bikinis. I don't like one pieces. I'm very tall um, mm. and I don't find so it. Just for those people listening, how tall are you? 
so I'm six foot, which is 183 centimeters. Okay, so you're taller than me, not by much, but a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 5'10. Okay, yeah, so you, you know what I mean then. You know, things really generally across the board are made for people who are of the average height, which is understandable. We all need a benchmark to work from, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work so well when you know you're getting split in two by the bottom half riding up or you know <laughs> about have a bit of a Janet Jackson moment on the top half you don't want either in public especially in a Muslim country that's quite strict so I like bikinis so I will wear them with pride 90% of the time obviously I said about having bad days every now and again but this was after my you know hour of crying on the phone to my mom day I'd had enough champagne to think this was a great idea so off I went in my tiny little bikini and had a ball, absolute ball. We were having great fun to the point where actually a group of girls who were larger came over and were like, hi, can we join you? I'm like, yeah, of course you can, join in. And they were not inspired. Inspired sounds like I'm blowing smoke up my own, what's it? But they were comfortable to see someone of my size in a bikini enough to join in. They were there on a business trip. They didn't know um, many people there, but they wanted to join in the fun. Mm-hmm. And someone like me there who doesn't look like a Dubai princess perfect, um, you know, it, it makes people relax. And actually, we find something similar to this most of the time when we go out. You know, I, I like my girlfriends are absolutely beautiful and they will have the gaze of the male attention. But actually, quite a lot of the time, it's someone like me who brings in the fun side because people just want to be themselves yeah. and worry how they look or compare themselves. So that's not exactly the most positive thing in the world, but it also is a really great thing because it gets people engaging in a conversation that can benefit people across the board. I totally agree with that. I'm kind of similar to you. I've always been the bigger person, but I've always been the fun person. And I think for me, I used to use it as a coping mechanism, I guess. Yeah. Um, Whereas now I'm kind of just more comfortable and just Mm -hmm. because... I really don't care what other people think. <laughs> um, and I know that like you just said, you know, the typically slimmer, more beautiful women, they get the attention. And for them, it's a lot harder because they think that they have to look their uh-huh. best all the time. They they really struggle to let go because they think that there's this pressure of, yeah, I look good, so I have to act like you just said, the Dubai princess. <laughs> it, it's really sad. And and again, I'm blessed with my girlfriends and as much as they look incredible and they could, you know, the few of them definitely could be models. But they're so down to earth and so normal that they don't have that. They are, they look how they look. And yes, they dress around their shape to flatter themselves and make themselves mm-hmm. nice. Every person, every man, woman, everyone does. But they aren't conscious about having to be that Dubai princess. I'm really sorry to every Dubai princess that's here. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe we should change that term. Uh, we think of a new word for that, and we can kind of bleep over it or something. But um, <laughs> you know, for every and it's not just about Dubai. It's everywhere in the world. They have those. I spend a lot of time in South Africa. I have family out there, and there are Joburg princesses, and they all have to have the nails, the hair, the makeup that's perfect, the lashes, the sprayed-on outfits, the towering heels, the perfect purses. And I don't get it. And a luck, and I think you kind of your energy pulls your tribe in. So my tribe don't really get it either. They may mm-hmm. have a purse because it's pretty, but it's not a status symbol to them. It's like, oh, look, I got this because it's really cute. Um, and I think that's where a lot of people don't recognize that in them because they do look a certain way. And you do judge people, which I am fully doing by, you know, calling yeah. people princesses. Me across too. The We're all guilty of it at some point. I know, terrible. I really don't sound very or body positive or, you know, inclusive right now, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll forgive you don't worry 
I'm a nice person, I promise. But you don't know that looking at them because they look so good. Um, and it's just when you get to know them. But I think having someone who doesn't look perfect in society's mind anyway, helps to relax people because they don't feel that they have mm -hmm. to be wearing the right thing or having the latest hairdo or whatever else is in the fashion magazines at the moment. Um, so it's been quite an interesting journey for me. And it's been a re fairly recent journey, really, um, to kind of learn all this about myself and society as a whole. And just kind of obviously, we've talked a lot about Dubai, your <laughs> Dubai princesses, which we're going to stop that from now because I feel really bad. <laughs> now I'm like, that's not what I mean, but I do mean it, but not like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, from, I don't know that much about Dubai, but from what I do know about Dubai, it's like you said, it's very image obsessed and it's mm -hmm. also a very social culture. Do you, or did you struggle? Um, I know you've obviously been on this journey, but did you struggle initially in terms of, trying to fit in with the social aspect whilst also trying to maintain a certain image because it's not you know like in England like I can stay at home and hide but in Dubai like <laughs> especially if you've just moved there like you're trying to meet new friends it's yep. a very sociable culture like how did you go about that? So again I came into this from a slightly different perspective um, so I lived in Bermuda for five years before I hit Dubai and that was a very different community and no one cares about status at all. Um, mm -hmm. but the, the most intelligent, well-educated and successful people I know in such a small community, yet there's none of that present in their their conduct, really. So it's, hello, my name is, oh, that's nice, want a drink? Sure. And that's it. There's no, Dubai, they always say, you know, you say, what's, what's your name, where'd you come from, what do you do? They're the three opening statements. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, every single time. It's, it's, it's a nice breaker, I get that. But people have to put you into a box. Oh, you're a, you're a lawyer. Great. You're a doctor. Great. Oh, you're a secretary. Mm. Okay. You know, and you do get that at times. Not every time, but mm -hmm. you do. Um, so I didn't have that experience. My first expat experience away from London, away from everything I knew, was wholly inclusive. No one cared what you looked like. No one cared what you wore. Actually, it's such a humid country that it's stupid to have designer wear because it pretty much will go mouldy at some point uh, <laughs> a dehumidified closets which you don't have because the buildings are old and beautiful so it was a real culture shock coming over here and seeing how status and image was really driving society but I just kind of ignored it I'm, I'm quite lucky that I've always been a... yes ignore it ignore all <laughs> of it <laughs> yeah. um I you know and I was lucky that I knew someone from Bermuda over here who I got to stay with. Um, I had other girlfriends from Bermuda who'd moved over here as well. And so I could hang out with them. So I had that same kind of energy around me. I didn't have to go out into the world and make new friends and hope for the best. I'd got a couple to start with. And things grew naturally from there. I, mm -hmm. I joined the British group, went to a brunch one day, and actually some of my closest friends here came from that, that random, I'm going to go at the last minute thing. Um, but again, you very much, you draw in who you are and your core values in your friends. I haven't always done that. I've had a couple of shocking friends here who have been... I think we've all had some shocking friends at some point. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, lessons learned. Uh, mm -hmm. Listen to instincts. Go with your guts. And, yeah. But generally, you, you have the energy that you give out is what you pull back in. So if you put out into the world that 
the latest handbags are so important or being a size six or whatever that will be the people you draw back to you whereas the energy i put out is are you nice are you fun yes okay yay that's all i care about um so it was hard when i got here to meet people and make friends um i don't really remember how i did it. it's been 10 years now um i i knew a couple of people like i said i did that one random brunch and met some more and it just evolved from there where i've had different jobs I've kept a couple of people here and there from the people I've worked with or I've been introduced to through people and Mm -hmm. it just it grows organically um if again if that's who you are because I don't need to be seen I don't need to go out to the right place the right in you know quote marks places um I don't need to have the latest of anything um I haven't dyed my hair in four years now which I think I'm possibly one of the only people in Dubai that hasn't um, <laughs> I, I do dye my hair that is one thing that I do spoil myself on yeah it was a great color and I absolutely encourage anyone to do it but I am really very low maintenance for someone who lives here um so my people are as well the people I hang out with the people I enjoy the most um I went to dinner with a girlfriend last night um and it was lovely and we had a great chat and you know but that's it. I'm, I'm quite happy now if I don't do anything all weekend. I actually am. But this weekend, you know, if I'd done one thing, I'd seen one person, I'm great. I'm going to call people, I'll message with them. Mm-hmm. It needs to be out all the time. And I think that comes with being slightly older. Um, and, I, you know, you grow into comfort within yourself and within your your own brain, really. Here's my, here's my empty space. Is it comfortable? Yes. Oh, great. Okay. No problem. But I think when you've got a lot of noise around you, then you need to have that noise taken away and that's the people who are out all the time and maybe some people just like it I don't know I've never been that person I'm more of a homebody um me too I'm well I'm a bit of both I like to be at home in my own company but I also like to have I guess kind of like you I like to go out with my friends but I also like to come home and just decompress get myself back to square one yep and that's the thing that's a totally valid thing I know people who don't like going out at all and they'll have you over to dinner anytime you want but do you want to go out to this, you know, restaurant or whatever? No. Okay, fine. And like you said, we just have to accept that. Those are our friends. Mm-hmm. And that's the energy that you want to put out. If you want somebody who wants to always come around to your house, you know, you yeah. can still have fun at people's houses. And I think that's what lockdown has taught a lot of people. That Absolutely. Yes, it's obviously very different than going out experiencing things, but you can make experiences in your own homes as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's... um. It's, it's changed the way that a lot of things are done. Um, again, in Bermuda, it was a culture of really going to people's houses. We went out on Friday night after work, but that mm-hmm. was really one of the only nights out we had ever. Um, because you just turn up, you drive past someone's house and you think, oh, I'll stop in for a cup of tea. And it was great. And by the way, can we get back to that society? Because I really want that. Like, I want people to just <laughs> drive past my house and, or, or not yeah. even drive past, like, just come for a cup of tea after work. Yep. Like, I when, think it's... when did that start? <laughs> I don't know. I, I was having this conversation with my mother. She had um, her grandmother, so my great grandmother, had an open door policy. Anyone was welcome at any time, and they were in a nice little village up in um, Durhamish, I think, somewhere that way, north, not yeah. very. Um, <laughs> and it was literally an open door. They kept the front door open at all times, and people could come and go as they pleased. And she'd always, you know, you'd have a baking day, so you'd have your baked goods for the week, and. Um, and it drove my grandmother potty. So you almost had to book an appointment to come into my grandmother's house. You know, 
um, and so she, my mother then reverted back to the open door policy and we've our entire lives we've had people come to stay randomly or you know pitched up for one night and stayed a week or whatever and she loved it my sister and I not so much um but as an adult I've kind of found a balance in that um Mm -hmm. and the people I adore I know they're welcome at any time and actually Mm -hmm. over one of my girlfriends moved in with me and we spent our time um switching between my apartment and hers oh really um yeah there was no conversation about it It just I'm moving in okay Okay. that's (laughs) my friends know that's absolutely fine um and then people I don't know so much they don't need to know where I live and things so it's a nice balance I have that kind of open door policy and I live in a building where um literally the neighbors will come and knock on the door and be like what are you doing you know and it's wonderful it's the first time I've had that in Dubai Um, and it's again I think the energy that you draw in and I think Covid also helped because we finally got to know our neighbors we're all stuck in you know a very small building Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um so I've got that nice balance now of people can come and go as they please. Um, whereas in Bermuda, it was constant. And that was great because everyone was, it was a different lifestyle, a different personality style. Yeah. Here I have it with the people who actually would fit very nicely into Bermuda. I could kind of pick them up and pop them down. <laughs> normal still. <laughs> so that's what they're able to do. I love that. And hopefully one day when I own my own my own home I'll be able to have maybe I won't have the door unlocked I'll keep my door locked exactly people are welcome people can come and go as they please like I want to have that. and especially like with children as well I think there's such a benefit in always having people around you see so many children now who suffer with kind of anxiety from meeting yeah. people and I think a lot of that is because they, they didn't have those kind of interactions or people coming and going all the time no and I think that COVID made that worse again um because mm-hmm couldn't even see your family so there are a lot of children who are really going to struggle growing up so it's up to the older generations to continue to remember how to socialize with people how to invite them into your home invite them into your lives and teach that be it to your child your grandchild your niece your nephew it doesn't matter yeah absolutely I I think and I think it's important I think Mm. not just for where you are kind of right now but going forward in the future you know the world is a social climate even though we're kind of all retracting and going on social media and stuff but you know the world does revolve around being social and going to restaurants and yeah even even in your home you know we're on zoom right now we're on this podcast you know we still have to be social and I think Mm. that's kind of the only way that you can if you are wanting to progress somewhere in life that you know you have to be able to network you have to be able to talk and these skills are just so valuable exactly and I think that a lot of those skills are kind of lacking because of social media which sounds kind of daft it's counterintuitive mm. that it's social media but actually it's de-socializing people because you can have a conversation with a random stranger rather than reaching out to your neighbor to say hello and yeah. it's so if you're of the mind where like I love meeting people I like having conversations I like learning new things and I you know I am quite very inclusive I'm quite inclusive I am very inclusive um and I can do that on social media and I can make friends and I can make connections like this where I get to now chat to you and mm-hmm. we can kind of have a good old gossip just by having and the a... fact that we're both so comfortable to just jump on a zoom call and record this exactly. podcast like some people wouldn't be able to get past that point of just sending those few messages back and forth exactly and it's you know there are people who can't and I understand that everyone has their <laughs> abilities and you know social anxieties and things um, I'm lucky that 
my anxiety is there all the time. So I've kind of learned to push myself sometimes to better myself, to better my situation, to better my worldview. And I think that's, again, something that I will be able to share with my children. My, well, I haven't got any, but you know what I mean. But yeah. <laughs> I need to use um, my friend's children. They all have, and that's actually why I was picked as a godmother to my godson, because I am out in the world. And I said, yeah, you know, I was asked at the time, do you want to be the godparent? We'd really like this. And I was like, no, thank you. That's nice. And I'm very honoured, but I'm not going to be there. And I grew up with godparents who were very, very hands-on and they're the most incredible, incredible people. Um, so I couldn't, didn't feel I could do that for my godson. And so I had a long chat with um, his mom and she decided that actually, no, that's the exact reason that I would make a great godparent because she was picking people for their experiences, not for their level of Christianity or their level of hands-on or how far away they lived from you know, the front door she wanted to in, to introduce into a wider world through that um so you know we got through it eventually it sounds awful doesn't it do you want to be godparent <laughs> let's talk about it for a couple of weeks okay i'll do it it's almost like she's bribing you to be godparent <laughs> <laughs> no it's terrible when i put it like that but it was a very because i held that role in such high esteem it wasn't something i could enter into lightly especially knowing that i was an expat i wasn't you know i was a year into being away by that point and I knew it wasn't something I was going to come back from very easily. So I don't have a very close relationship with him. However, he does get to, through his mom and, and social media, he gets to see what I'm doing and the people I'm with. And that gives him a broader view. And when I do get to see him, we do chat. And it's not just a how was your day, how was school conversation. It's mm -hmm. where have you been? What have you done? What have you read? Charles better read than I am, to be fair. Um, so he's very bright and I feel very crazy. <laughs> Um, but it's a wider view and that's giving it to at least one person and I think that's really important I completely agree I I talk about this so much on the podcast that there's nothing better than I say travel but it doesn't necessarily have to be travel it can just be through people that you know it's so important to understand the world and there's so many different cultures and mm -hmm. ethnicities like it's important to kind of soak that all in and to understand yeah. for me as a white person, like I have certain privilege compared to mm -hmm. other um, ethnicities or cultural backgrounds and, yep. you know, just learning your privileges and learning where you can help other people, you know, if that's something that you can do. Yeah. And here I am as, uh, you know, I, I'm straight, I'm white, I'm English, I'm educated. Um, I really have such privilege um, mm -hmm. and I have to recognize that and I have to be mindful of that. But I was reading a book the other day, a book called Queenie, can't remember the author, but it really opened my eyes to things that I still don't know, despite having friends of every color, every religion, every sexual orientation. Um, there's still a lot you don't learn, you don't know. So you, it, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to society to continue to learn and through conversation, mm -hmm. that's how you do it. And through travel, and again, like you said, it's not just travellers and getting on an aeroplane, it's travelling to your next city, to the other end of the country, and even travel through books. Go and pick up a book. A friend of mine just read A Thousand Splendid Sons, and she was absolutely blown away by it, and now wants to learn as much as she can about Afghan culture, because all she'd ever grown up hearing about was the war, you know, and, and the mm -hmm. bad. 
Taliban. And, and actually, that's not Afghani culture at all. Like the Afghan people are incredible. They're so welcoming. They're so kind. Um, and that's a different side you don't get to hear. So again, that's something social media could open up if you so choose to do it. And someone yeah. like me who travels, who gets to have random conversations with people, you know, standing in a queue at a grocery store even, I'm a lot more privileged than most because I can do that. I can afford to do it. Um, I've been given the opportunity through my education to travel and do this. Um, so why wouldn't I then use my voice mm-hmm. up with that? And I don't always stand up and shout as loudly as I could. Um, I'm quite considered about things like, for example, the current issues with um, Israel and Palestine. I don't know the background and the history to it. I just know that you need to stop being mean to like Israel step back. That's enough now. You know, mm-hmm. you are basically committing genocide and that's unacceptable. Yeah. Do I know the history behind it? No. Do I want to get politically involved? I can't. I don't know enough. I still have a lot of reading to do. I have a lot of people to talk to. Um, that's more- kind of something that I really struggle with with social media is obviously because we both kind of have a platform, albeit, you know, it's not the largest platform in the world, but it still is a platform. And platform. we kind of pride ourselves on kind of bringing conversation to things. And that's where I really struggle in terms of, like you were just saying, like, I want to share the information, but I don't feel educated enough to share the information but at the same time I don't want to seem ignorant by not sharing the information but I think that's also a double-edged sword in as much as a lot of people jump on the bandwagon without that information and yes Mm -hmm. it has awareness but also has for example um hugely increased anti-semitic um sentiment on social media platforms in the world there has been an increase in attacks on um Jewish people that's not acceptable the Jewish are not doing this this is the government of israel on some level again i don't i'm not educated enough on exactly what's going on to say but you cannot blame for example 9 11 you can't blame every muslim for that for what's going on in palestine right now you cannot blame every jew you couldn't blame every german for the holocaust you can't blame every jew for what's happening now you know so it's about being aware and being again aware of your privilege that you have this platform you have this voice and using it to better the world not to incite things because you're putting out a very dangerous narrative if you don't understand what you're saying um and it's really difficult i've seen a few um social media movements that whilst have been very well meant have just actually incited problems Mm-hmm. Um, because so many people jump on the bandwagon they stamp they shout they scream they loud I'm proud because I'm doing this and I'm sticking up for people well actually by doing that you're putting other people down and that's not the point of this yeah. you're highlighting a problem yes but you're causing another so you need a bit more conversation before you can do that um, so I tend to kind of stay as much out of politics as I can because I'm not geopolitically inclined I will have an opinion on something mm-hmm. and research it further. Yeah, I, lo- I love everything about what you've just said. And I think just kind of going back to kind of social media influences, especially, I think you, as, us as consumers of their content, we also need to be um, mindful of the content that they are putting out there as well. Because mm-hmm. I know there was a couple um, influencers or celebrities in America who got called out for 
staging photo shoots at the Black Lives Matter protests, mm. you know, and just because somebody puts a picture up at a Black Lives a Black Lives Matter protest, it doesn't. I'm not saying that they didn't support the message, but the motives behind it is not the right motives. Or coming in literally and and staging this photograph and leaving again. They weren't there for the right reasons. They were there to be seen, to be supporting, to increase their platform. That's not what it's about. And you mm. can say that about anything. And I've seen a lot of kind of going back around to the the body positivity movement and the the world that I kind of inhabit. I have seen so many people vilified because they've lost weight. It's like, you have no clue. Yes, be body positive, but body positive isn't about maintaining fat or mm -hmm. maintaining a certain size or a certain look. Being body positive is about being inclusive, to be happy with the fact that you are larger or to be happy because you're mid-size or because you're slim or because you're sporty or athletic. It's not something specific two fact people yes it was started by women of color who were larger who wanted to have that support and it's brilliant and it's done so much for so many people we mm -hmm. can't get where it came from but you don't then have the right to troll someone abuse someone bully someone because their lifestyle has changed slightly and something is changing in them it doesn't work like that and I don't accept that and I wrote a post on it a while back because I was diagnosed with hyperinsulinema, which is still not entirely sure because I still haven't done enough research to be an expert. Yeah. But essentially, it's your body creates too much insulin. The insulin that's not used is stored as fat on your body. It means that you can't process foods as quickly and as well, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a bit of a mind. I have something very similar. So I have PCOS, so my body also yeah. stores insulin as fat. So it's a lot harder to process as opposed yeah. to somebody who doesn't. So for that and to stabilize that and to make it not move into diabetes and things, I have to look at my diet. I have to look at my exercise routine. That will obviously down the road contribute to either weight loss or gain. I've gained again mm -hmm. at the moment because I haven't been happy and I've been binging. Once I start to stabilize again, it will lose and I'll get back into being a healthier person mentally, physically. So again, yes, I'm plus now. Will I always be plus? I don't know. And that's okay. And that's something that really needs to be shouted a lot about because you, you can't pigeonhole people and expect them to stay in it. People are human. They evolve. They change. Circumstances mm -hmm. change. I may not always live here. I may go and live somewhere with snow. Highly unlikely. I don't know. But <laughs> I'd be doing my bikini pictures because that would be horrible in the snow. Doesn't yes, mean I'm I very cold. But I just don't like being cold. So. <laughs> You said it would be very cold. I don't do cold. So <laughs> it wouldn't make my message and my ground any different. I don't really wear the bikinis to prove a point. I wear bikinis because I like them. I enjoy being in the sun. I love being on the beach. It's my happy place. Um, and so that's okay. I may change. I may decide to let, I did decide to learn to knit. I was terrible at it and gave up. But the theory is, it's just like, <laughs> knit things and be like look at my new jumper this is amazing I'll do that it's what I'm comfortable in and my weight will go up and down my body mass will go up and down and as you're, long can I sorry can I just stop you you're yeah. so speaking to me right now in terms of kind of my situation so okay. since the start of lockdown last year I've lost I've never actually said this out loud but I've lost 80 pounds in the last 12 months oh, wow. which is a considerable amount of money yeah. uh, money <laughs> and just like you were saying yes I've physically changed but my outlook on the way I see myself mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's a little bit skewed now. I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely still have a long way to go. But in terms of body positivity, just because I'm slimmer, it doesn't it doesn't change my outlook. It doesn't change my messages. And what society has really taught me is that people are seeing me so differently now I'm slimmer. Mm-hmm. And it's really messing with my head because it's like, it, not only am I trying to come to terms with kind of what's happened, but at the same time, I'm trying to understand why people are seeing me so differently because I'm still the same person. I'm just a bit thinner. Increased because your weight has decreased. It doesn't make sense, but that is how society views it. And it's a very dangerous message to congratulate someone for losing 80 pounds. If you've wanted to do it and you've worked hard for it, brilliant. Congratulations. I am all for that. I will support Mm -hmm. I'll be your biggest cheerleader. I lost 60 pounds at one point because I was so ill. I couldn't eat. I literally was having a slice of turkey. Wow. two slices of courgette and two um mange two for dinner that was my dinner every single night I physically couldn't take any more into my body than that I was so ill I had compliment after compliment after compliment about how well I was looking I was sick Mm. I was desperately ill um and that's the thing and that's what makes it so hard is I mean I've lost it naturally and I've lost it in a healthy way you know it's all kind of medically induced I guess is the yeah. right word I've done it naturally but you know it's because of yeah, medical, no, medical reasons um, and things yeah yeah but yeah like you were just saying it really messes with your head because yeah. you try and think society isn't like this but then when it happens no. to you you're like actually you know society mm-hmm. is like this and it's it's a really hard thing to process because yeah. like well was I not worthy before because I was bigger because that doesn't make sense because nothing about me has changed Mm-hmm. minus I'm in a frame now yeah exactly that's it and and it's it's worrisome and but on the flip side of that I knew someone who had to eat 8,000 calories a day to maintain any form of body fat wow so that she dropped weight straight away and become skeletal she was tiny skinny still yet people would abuse her in the street for being so skinny and you know on nights out she someone threw a kebab at her once saying for goodness sake eat something and you know oh she has, can you just eat a sandwich the girl ate I've never seen anyone like she ate out eats me hands down every time um so it's not just bigger people that suffer from that and I think that's something that we often forget because mm-hmm. slimmer people are obviously much more acceptable society wise they still have struggles there are still problems um and people are just as mean people generally are quite mean you know if they don't feel comfortable in themselves I think you know you're having a struggle with your weight you of course are going to hit out someone who's bigger than you and you're projecting your fears, your problems, your feelings onto mm-hmm. someone else because you won't look at yourself and do the work to make yourself happy. Absolutely. Um, I just think that's sad. I completely agree. And I think it also kind of going back to the social media aspect, it's important to follow people that you are comfortable looking at and to not let your fears and things that you are insecure about reflect on them and I'm not saying everybody you know leaves hate comments because I'm sure 90% of people that listen to this podcast don't do that but I've found it really helpful to follow I don't follow influencers and in general that's kind of my other rant for another day um (laughs) but I've found it really helpful to follow people like yourself and you know other um smaller influencers or mm. people with smaller platforms just so that when I go on social media I'm not constantly comparing myself to somebody yeah. who's unrealistic for me and my body type absolutely but also even if you follow the body positive massive mainline 
point but generally their lives are very much paid for so their agenda is skewed mm-hmm. you know they are wearing certain clothes from certain shops because that's what they're being paid to do or gifted to do and I like the smaller platforms where you get the authenticity and it's great we'll we would love our platforms to grow we would love to have more followers and get our messages out further it's what we all really are in this for if it's outside of having a personal page I have a personal page it's locked I've got like 100 people on there maybe that Mm -hmm. but this platform is for a reason it was to help me in my journey it was to help people who are going through some of the things and it's to help the kids of the future because I grew up in a time where you had to be stick thin and I wasn't ever I was you know my smallest I was size 12 but I had I had a butt I had boobs I've always had them and even now sorry to cut you off there size 12 is classed as like a mid-size right it's crazy that's balmy I know it's ridiculous I've got you know my mother sent a picture of me in a bikini the other week and I was like that's when I was so fat I didn't want to go to school some days I look at it now going seriously child really if only Um, I was maybe that size now (laughs) that fat now it'd be so much easier to get um, I think that it's an interesting thing and again that's what social media has done so there's you know pitfalls of it but there's also huge positives in as much as had I grown up now if I was a teenager of that size now I would be absolutely fitting in because I've mm-hmm. got boobs I've got a butt and I've got a tiny waist I would be more socially acceptable and you go back to my mother's generation and my mom's six foot as well so for her generation that's ludicrously tall yeah um and her style guide was twiggy who of course was known for being waif like so you've got all of these people who generationally sorry put my teeth back in have grown up knowing that they're not acceptable and you suddenly have this platform that gives everyone a chance to feel acceptable and this is incredible i have a niece who is beautiful i'm biased she's my niece i adore her (laughs) but you know taking away from that she's a little chunky monkey And I don't want her to grow up with the fears that I had. I don't want her to grow up with the voices that I had, with the images that I had. So she feels in any way less than, because that's not acceptable. And that's, you know, one of the reasons I keep pushing on, even when I'm having a bad day, I may be quiet, I'll still try and do something. But because I want her to grow up in a happier place in her head and not with this awful negative diatribe of hate that I put through my own head through seeing images of these tiny stick thing people mm-hmm. I'll never be that I'm genetically not capable to be that I'm larger front I'm six foot they're five foot you know things like that you know need to be heard and she's one of the reasons I do what I do and I love that and I love you kind of what you're saying is people um coming to terms with what's in their head and knowing that they are that's what's in your head like you can control what's in your head you can't control kind of what what's what people are saying to you but you can control what's in your head and I actually my friend's getting married in a couple months and we went to try bridesmaids dresses on a few weeks ago and we took a picture and it wasn't until I got back home that I saw the picture in person and when I looked at it I just burst out crying and it was it wasn't because I didn't look good but it was because I fitted in quote unquote and for me I didn't recognize myself because I've never been that person that fitted Mm -hmm. in and I just bawled my eyes out because I was like I don't know if I like this. Like, I liked being bigger. I liked not standing out because I don't feel like big people stand out. But, you know, Mm -hmm. it was was hard to accept that, like you just said, I just slipped right in 
and yeah. it doesn't make sense to me still mm-hmm. it doesn't and it takes a long time I've done it before and you know where I, I, I was ill or I've been in an abusive relationship where my weight's dropped off and um it's a weird feeling to suddenly be societally acceptable mm-hmm. you know def- in fact I, I was think that's what it was Yes, I don't know if I like because I've always been a person who does my own thing. Like I don't follow society. I just stay in my own little world, and to then see myself kind of almost being in this societal standard, and it was like I don't even think I like to be here. Mm. On the flip side of that, I went for a bridesmaid's dress for a friend of mine. They've been married twenty years now, but the woman in the shop looked me up and down and went, "You're not having her, are you? She'll absolutely ruin your photos." <gasps> That's so, so rude. Like, but that was very much again the society driven image of how weddings should look you shouldn't have someone who's so much taller than you I wasn't even bigger at the time I was like size 14 so it wasn't so much about my weight but my height um and little throwaway comments like that have stayed with me my whole life I remember my sister's wedding and I was terrified of being a bridesmaid I hated every second to the point where one of my best friends didn't ask me to be a bridesmaid because I'd been so unhappy uh, and that's, that's not sh- like you should be celebrating your friends' days. Like it shouldn't be about your height, your weight, no color. Your will you look better than bride? You know, it's like these people always joke about. Oh, your bridesmaids can't look better than you, and it's like why not? Oh, why? You want them yeah. to because you're having an amazing day together. Yeah, I don't buy into that crap either. No, me neither. And it's like you're the bride; you're going to have all the attention anyway. <laughs> yes, people might appreciate what your bridesmaids look like, but at the end of the day, you have nice pictures of your friends, so you want them to look wonderful. Yeah, I would be more annoyed if my friend rocked up with, like, I don't know, this awful haircut and, like, you know, <laughs> bad makeup. Like, yeah, be like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, get yourself fixed, love. Off you go. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so just quickly, I'll just have one more question before yeah. I let you go. Mm-hmm. What one piece of advice would you give to anybody listening who is either struggling with body body positivity or is kind of starting their journey with just getting rid of those voices in their head and you know using social media for good instead of criticizing themselves um I don't know it's a really hard one because I think everyone's journey is different everyone's Mm views everyone's path is going to be different but I think generally just take a moment and breathe have a visualization of yourself thank yourself for being where you are today because so many of us have been through so much to be standing where we are that we've we've, we're here we've made it so many people haven't had that opportunity for various reasons so we must be thankful to still be here and giving ourselves a chance to relearn our our view of ourselves of the world um take a moment if it's because your body positivity is low because you're a larger woman or because you're fat let's I don't want to not use the word fat we have body fat that's yeah. the word for what it is even the slimmest people have body fat exactly so fat have more of it <laughs> it's, <laughs> I it's great um, but so take a moment to to think yes I have more body fat than most people yes I am fat but I'm healthy or I'm here or I'm fat, but my legs bring me to work every day. Or mm. I'm fat, but, you know, my bottom gives me a good cushion for sitting at my desk for 12 hours every day. Thank <laughs> your body for what it's done for you so far, because the amount of abuse we put on ourselves, not just mentally, but physically too, with the rubbish we eat, the amount we drink, people who smoke. I miss smoking. I did for a long time, but I quit. 
most congratulations thank you um you know we put ourselves through so much and our body regenerates and pulls us through and takes us literally step by step by step through our lives making peace with how your body works and what it's done for you is a huge huge step it's not easy at all and it's not something you're going to sit down and you're going to do in two minutes Mm -hmm. it could take weeks could take months but have a look in the mirror next time you're there and look at yourself one of my things is I like my eyes I've got a really odd color eyes but I really like them you know and so I would compliment myself in those go with the positive affirmations if you can I am here I am healthy I am beautiful I am intelligent I am kind go with the I am's manifest the goodness of the world into yourself and those tiny steps will start to build every day even if you the first day you look in you can only see one good thing you like I like my smile that's it why wouldn't you compliment yourself on having a beautiful smile you compliment a stranger Think about that drunk girl in the bathroom that we all have met. <laughs> a boy's broken a heart. And think about the wonderful things that you say to her to build her back up to go out and have more drinks and pass out at some point. But you do it and you will take time to do that for a stranger. So why would you not take time to do that for yourself? And I think that's a really very critical first step. I love every single word that you have just said. And that's kind of something that started my journey I would look at myself in the mirror kind of like you I like my eyes as well and I would just almost stare at myself in my eyes Mm -hmm. which sounds really weird but it helped me to it helped me to look at myself Mm -hmm. in the way other people might see me and what I've really got into recently is um taking small videos of myself just doing random things so that I can see myself in the way that other people see me and it really Mm -hmm. has changed my perspective because yes sometimes I don't like what I see but I see those little glimpses. You know, sometimes people say, I like the way you laugh. Yeah. And you think, what are you talking about? But you never see yourself laugh. You don't. And actually, a person who is genuinely laughing and smiling is one of the most beautiful sights in the world. And it doesn't matter how many chins you've got or how high your cheekbones are or, Mm -hmm. you know, perfect your eyelashes are. The the genuine happiness and the emotion that comes out of someone who's laughing and having fun is stunning. And that's something we all need to recognise. I completely agree. I I think, you know, just seeing people genuinely happy and also when you're happy on the inside, it radiates through your mm-hmm. face and your eyes and just knowing that somebody is not only happy physically but also kind of mentally and emotionally as well is just, like you said, one of the most beautiful things you can ever witness. And it's one of the hardest journeys, but it is going to be one of the most worthy journeys. You will put the effort into going to school, you'll put the, the effort into university, into your college degrees or your job, your career, don't forget about putting that effort into yourself and to be who you can be, not for anyone else, but for yourself. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um, we just need to be more positive towards ourselves. We need to compliment ourselves and we just need to give ourselves the grace that we need to um, take those steps. The first step step is always going to be the hardest. And Mm -hmm. as you take more steps, the steps will become leaps and then it'll just kind of start that process and everybody will hopefully start to be more forgiving and loving of themselves yeah I think we need that and especially in a time we are going through a historically dramatic time right now COVID has been horrendous to people on so many levels we owe it to ourselves to allow ourselves a bit of happiness inside and to compliment ourselves and to be more comfortable because life is short nothing's guaranteed you don't know 
from one day to the next whether you can go out and see your family kiss your mom mm-hmm. you know any of that so don't rely on anything other than yourself you know take everything you need to do it but love yourself first absolutely and if anybody would like to find you where can they find you on instagram i'm on instagram and it's at loving my curvy self all one word um i'm also on tiktok twitter and not facebook i can't figure out how to link them because i'm a bit of a luddite at times (laughs) i will link um I will link Sapphire's Instagram down below. So if anybody would like to go follow her, I personally love watching her. I love when she does the food the food reviews that you do. <laughs> oh my god, some of the food I'm like, I just need to come to Dubai just to eat this food. <laughs> we are very lucky um, that we do have, and we have an incredible delivery service. Half of the world kind of died because they couldn't get things delivered when they were in lockdown, and we thrived because we've had it all in place anyway which is also slightly problematic when you are trying to be slightly happier in your choices and someone just, you know, points out that there is a, a curry pizza. <laughs> you would not like mixing those two cuisines. So Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not quite sure if I'd like that, but then never say never, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It has been my absolute pleasure. And I hope anybody listening, you know, just here's what we're saying know that you're not alone we all struggle with body positivity you know all sizes all ages all weights wherever you're from um and yeah please go check out um sapphire's instagram she's just the best and i promise you she will help you just start that journey to loving yourself and like she was saying what you put out is what you get back and you know if you follow her you're going to get a lot back (laughs) thank you and thank you so much for having me on here it's a great way to reach a different audience um people might not be so much into um instagram or or twitter or tiktok or whatever else but podcasts are a really great way to get messages across um and to reach people that wouldn't naturally look into something like this so thank you for hosting such a great um, podcast and allowing me to be part of it oh thank you so much i really appreciate that and you know like you said i personally listen to podcasts all the time but there's nothing, especially like hard hitting podcasts. I love listening to it in my car alone on my way to work when nobody can hear me. I can cry if I want to cry. And, you know, it's just a different platform. Like when you're on yeah. your phone, you're usually a bit distracted or, you know, you're at work. So you can't really get into the emotion yeah. of certain things. But these podcasts are the podcasts that you can kind of take time to listen to in, in a space that's comfortable for you. Absolutely. And it's a great way of doing things. So thank you again. You're very welcome. Well, I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and I am excited to see what more food reviews you have on your Instagram soon. (laughs) I'm sure there'll be some. (laughs) I'm vicariously living through you since I'm still dieting. (laughs) (laughs) I will speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Opening Up with Rachel Smith. I hope to see you back for future episodes so we can all continue growing and figuring this thing called life out.